Welcome to the Boss Life with Bonds podcast. I'm your host, Coach Bonnie, and I'm here to help you level up your mindset, your lifestyle, your career or business all the way up. That starts with your mind and your willingness to embody the most evolved and most expansive version of yourself. Each episode, I'll be diving into the topics you've been avoiding or that you didn't even know needed to be addressed. The topics that have created belief systems that have kept you stuck and that no longer serve you. I'm here to call you out on your BS so you can create a new mindset, a new vision, and ultimately a new life where you are the boss. Let's dive in. What's up and welcome back to another episode of The Boss Life with Bonds. I'm your host, Coach Bonnie, and today we're talking about what to do when the shit hits the fan. Um, I don't know if you guys have noticed, but we seem to be in a little bit of a panic right now. Uh, finances, inflation is crazy. Uh, people are getting laid off again. It's like a repeat of... Well, not a repeat, but things are just feeling all too familiar when we thought that we had gotten out of the woods, so to speak. And so I want to talk to anyone right now who I am nowhere near the microphone. Oh, my God. Okay, I'm going to start the whole intro over again. What's up and welcome back to another episode of The Boss Life with Bonds. I'm your host, Coach Bonnie, and today we are talking about what to do when the shit hits the fan. Because I don't know about you, but things are starting to look a little scary out there. And if you're someone that doesn't do well with stress or someone that doesn't do well um, in turmoil, anxiety, and you're already stressed out without the whole world going into like a economic downturn, then you're going to want to listen to this. I'm going to share with you some of the tips that have helped me get through the worst of my times. And they may or may not work for you, but I just want to share with you what has worked for me. If you know somebody who's going through it right now, tag them in this video. It's a live broadcast of the podcast broadcast of the podcast, <laughs> uh, send it to them so that maybe they can get some kind of encouragement during this time. I remember when I first got into, when I was transitioning out of uh, becoming a pastor and trying to figure out how I can use my gifts to serve the world and, you know, like, God, if that's not what you had for me, then what do you want me to do? And I was like, okay, speaking. I'm going to get into speaking. Good morning, my pink salt. Sorry, I always feel weird seeing people's screen names when I don't know their real name. So good morning and good morning, Kathy, and good morning, Monsoon. Uh, but I, I was trying to figure out, like, well, what is my place in this world? If I'm not going to be speaking from a pulpit, what do, what will you have me do, God? And I started listing out my strengths, and I was like, okay, so, so far, all I can think of that I'm good at is overcoming obstacles. <laughs> the only thing that I know I can do is, like, surviving trauma and learning how to thrive. And so, thus, Mind and Body, uh, the, the personal development brand for women, was created. And so, I'm going to share with you some of the things that have helped me get, hi, Lisa, that have helped me uh, get out of the dark ages or the dark stages of my life to continue to persevere and to continue to help other women do the same thing. So I'm going to give you some of my cheat codes. And the this podcast thing, this episode literally came uh, to me last night when one of my clients messaged, she wrote basically an SOS post in our client group. And she's like, what do you guys do when nothing is going right, when everything is going wrong? And I was just like, oh. I, I know where she's at in life. I know the moves that we are working. Uh, she's one of my one-on-one -on -one life coaching clients and mindset clients, and I know the moves that we're trying to make in her life, and I under I know where she's at because anyone that's worked with me one-on-one, -on -one, they're so excited. They're like, I'm going to change my life. We're going to transform. Everything's going to be better. New me, new whatever, new mindset, new body, all of the things, body, mind, body, soul, let's go. And I'm like, oh, baby, unfortunately, the way that life works <laughs> is that the new things that you want to call forth require a new version of you because what got you into this situation is not what's going to get you to the next level. 
And we can say that and we can acknowledge that and we're like, yeah, that makes sense. You know, in order to get to fifth grade, I, I had to learn more difficult math than I learned in second grade. In order to get to college, I had to learn, you know, harder concepts than I did to get in, you know, past high school. But when it comes, when it happens, we're always surprised. We're always like, what the hell is going on here? Why is nothing going well? And so it's something that happens all of the time. So when I get a new client, I hate to be the Debbie Downer, but I let them know. I'm like, hey, boo. So I'm so excited about the next 12 or 16 weeks together. Yes. But also I need you to prepare yourself because the shit's about to hit the fan. You put out a declaration to the universe. You told God basically, hey, I'm ready to step into the next level of me. I'm ready to evolve into this boss bitch. I'm ready to be all these things I see on Instagram, boss bitch, CEO, whatever it is that you aspire to be, fit chick, right? And then when it's time to you know, step into that, that woman that you wanna be, she didn't get there just by taking a picture on Instagram. She didn't get there because she put on some makeup, put on a nice dress and is like, ooh, boss bitch. She didn't get there because she took one selfie at the gym and never went back. She didn't get there because of anything else other than perseverance and commitment to the end goal. And so that perseverance and that commitment to the end goal is tried the very most through trials. And so I'm gonna preface it with that. Do not, it's in the Bible. It's like, do not be, um, well, I totally lost track. I gotta stop looking at the comments when I'm talking, but um, you don't be, don't be surprised when you face trials of many kinds. So guys, when you are on your path to personal development, when you are on your hero's journey, if you will, don't be surprised when things don't go well. That's part of the journey. Think of it like a movie. When you go see a movie, if you, um, would you even go see a movie that you knew from beginning to end it was just going to be great? A movie following a girl around who wakes up one day, goes to her job, everybody loves her, she gets a raise, she gets married, she has a dog, she has a kid, delivery is easy, pregnancy is perfect, and then the end. You'd be like, oh, okay, where was the, where was the climax? Where was the struggle? Where was what she had to overcome? You'd be bored. You wouldn't be entertained. You'd be like, great, cool, cool story, bro. The things that entertain us the most, the things that grab our attention the very most, the things that we can connect and relate with the most are the struggle. Because you get to see yourself in someone else's shoes and wonder, hmm, what would I do in that situation? Hmm, dang, she's strong. Or hmm, dang, she's open. Whatever it is, you get to connect and you get to put yourself in their shoes. Nobody wants to watch a boring story is what I'm saying. Nobody is compelled by an uneventful story. So I'm not saying that your life has to be, um, you know, entertaining, but I just want you to realize that when you look at movies and when you're watching things, you're looking for something that's going to inspire you for your trials. So when you're going through your trials, again, don't be surprised when they're happening because you literally love the story of overcoming. You literally love the stories of triumph and over and, and, and underdogs. So don't be surprised when it's your turn, especially if you signed up for it, okay? But nonetheless, um, I'm gonna give you guys the tips that I give my clients and things that have helped me and hopefully it can help somebody. So again, tag a friend that may need to hear this. Send this live to somebody that may need to hear this. If your friends tend to listen to podcasts more than be on Facebook and Instagram, uh, the podcast is called The Boss Life with Bonds and it's available on Spotify and iTunes. All right, so let's get right into it. 
Uh, for those of you that don't know my story, I'm just gonna give you a quick snippet. Back in 2016 and 17 were the darkest years of my life. Uh, and I've had a pretty interesting life and those were the darkest times. That's when I felt uh, God had failed me or God was making a joke out of my life by convincing me to leave nursing school, a very stable career and go into ministry, which I loved, but wasn't certain that it would be able to support me and my two kids as a single mom. Certainly not like nursing would. But I did it anyways. I took a leap of faith. I felt it in my gut. Like every time I would go on a missions trip, I could feel my heart like this is what you're meant to do. You're meant to serve. You're meant to pour into people. And I was like, yes, just send the kids down here to Nicaragua, God. I'll stay here. Just send the kids down here to Costa Rica, my boys, and we can live here and we can do all of the things. And I was so excited. And when that just didn't turn out, I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I look like an idiot. Oh, my God. I told the whole Internet I was going to be a pastor. I was going to be a missionary. And oh, my God, I just wasted my life. Oh my God, I'm in like 50, no, it's 70 now. I'm $70,000 in student loan debt for a degree in ministerial leadership that I can't use. Ah! And so it was a lot of embarrassment and a lot of feeling like failure and a lot of like, you idiot, what were you thinking about? You dumb girl, like pipe dreams, dreams aren't real. Like, and there was a lot of beating myself up until it got to the point where I just went back to staying intoxicated to survive high every day. I don't have a problem getting high now. But back then I had to be high to block out all of the pain and the embarrassment and the shame that I was feeling. So anywho, um, I ended up getting a job at Hilton Grand Vacations because I had been waiting tables for about 10 to 12 years at this point, And I was still pretty embarrassed about that. I was like, okay, so all I'll do is serve. Cool, God. Like, is this what you meant by serving? Cool. Nice joke. Um, and, and I just remember being in the call center because I, I just wanted to prove to myself and prove to the world that I was more than just a waitress. Cause my baby's father had kind of spoken that over me. He's like, you're going to be nothing but a dumb $2 an hour making waitress. Um, and so that stuck with me that really like created my own concept of who I was is why well. I guess I am just a dumb single mom, high school dropout, uh, waitress. I guess I'll just step into that. And I sunk into that lower level piece of me. And not only that, when I don't know how many of you guys have been in sales, but in order to sell something, you have to have conviction about it and confidence. I had no conviction about selling a timeshare because timeshares are not that great. I had no conviction about selling uh, the, the vacation to take people on timeshares for a vacation because I'd never been on a vacation. Like I'd done vacations, but that wasn't a part of my life. I was a, you know, a mom that was barely making ends meet sometimes. And my family, we didn't grow up with vacations so we're like that's white folks stuff so like for me to get on the phone and try to convince people to buy these vacation packages to buy a timeshare it just there was no conviction there because I really didn't believe and understand the concept of a vacation so night after night oh and also I it was an overnight shift it was like 6 p.m to 1 a.m and I would sleep for a few hours wake up and homeschool my kid that we had just found out had ADHD and then because I wasn't making any sales at Hilton I was also going and picking up shifts at the restaurant so I was working seven days a week, um, not making any sales at Hilton, but doing this job so I could prove to everybody and myself that I wasn't a waste, that I wasn't a failure. So it's literally lighting candles on both ends, raising a teenager, homeschooling a eight-year-old with ADHD who had severe emotional problems. He's so much better now. Danny is amazing now, by the way. Um, I can do a whole podcast episode on that. I refuse to put him on drugs for ADHD. I was like, what do I need to do? Oh, whole foods, less processed foods, done. And that's how I ended up getting into personal fitness and health. But anywho, um, while I was at Hilton, I would almost I would cry just about every night in my cubicle because I wasn't making sales. 
And any sales I would get were like pity sales because people could hear it in my voice like I was just struggling. They're like, you know what? It's 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 ninety nine dollars for three days in Orlando. It's one ninety nine. Girl, here you go. And so that didn't help. And I just remember crying every day in my booth in my cubicle, and I would start writing myself little notes because um, something in me was like, this is just a season, Bonnie. This sucks so bad, but I promise you, it's gonna get better. I'm trying not to get choked up because I just I have so much admiration for that woman who lost all hope for herself and was like, we're going to get through anyways. And so I would write myself little notes. I wish I had the binder because I still have them. And I would write like, hey, Bonnie, it's going to get better. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but I promise you it'll get better. Hey, Bonnie, please hang in there. Somebody needs to hear that if you can overcome what you're going through, they can. And I would just write myself like inspirational notes and remind myself that this is not the end, that this is just one chapter. And so when my client posted that, this late last night and when I responded to her this morning, the first thing that I told her to do was number one, feel your feelings. Please don't act like you have to just truck through and act like nothing's happening because that's that's my whole life. That was my entire life. I just had to, I just would wipe my tears and keep going. And there's something to be said about that for sure, especially in the business space. There was something to be said about having a level of emotional mastery where you don't let what's going on inside affect what's going on outside, especially if you're at work or something. There's something to be said about that. Don't don't get it twisted. But at the same time, um, there's also something like you don't need to push them down and act like they're not real. I think that sometimes when people hear me talk about having a savage mindset or having a boss mindset, they think that it means that I don't cry. I'm literally, I had to stop myself from crying just now because I, that was such a powerful time in my life. Um, but I told her, feel your feelings. And then after you feel them, discuss them with yourself. I'm sad. I'm angry. I'm disappointed. I feel like a failure. I feel embarrassed. Address the feeling. Because I like to use the Scooby-Doo analogy where like when it's like you something so scary and overwhelming until you take the sheet off of it and then you realize, oh, it's just that. So sometimes when we're dealing with hard times in our life and we think it's like the apocalypse or Armageddon and when you like identify it like I am overwhelmed. Why are we overwhelmed? Oh, snap. I haven't taken a day off and I don't know how long. Oh, snap. I thought my expectation was this and then it didn't turn out like that. And so I'm a little frustrated, but that's all it is. It's not doomsday. It's just that in my in my head, I imagine things going this way, and in reality, they happen this way. And my little brain is trying to put the pieces together, trying to figure out what the hell happened. But it's still okay, right? Do that. Start there. Feel your feelings. Call them out. Address them, and see what they are. See what the hell is going on, and then start becoming an investigator and seeing. Okay, well, how did we get here? How did this happen? <laughs> what happened here? Is it something that was in my control? Because if so, then I need to look in the mirror and I need to address, okay, did this happen because of my negligence? Did this happen because of one of the character traits that I have yet to become aware of or one of the character traits that I'm very much aware of, but I'm not actively working to rectify, is that the word I want to use? Rectify the situation. So like in my case today, uh, time management will all has always been my hindrance. I've gotten a lot better, but like if my attention gets caught by something I love doing, like content creation, Oh, everything else is out the door. If I get in a, if I get in a creative mode to create a reel, to write a post, to come up with a podcast, create something like I will be in the zone and I won't stop it because I really love that creative flow. And so that's something that today when I had to do my only 45 minute workout, I was like, all right, this, you know why, Bonnie? Because you haven't learned to put boundaries. Uh, you need to do this. 
So let's not be mad at ourselves that we are, you know, there's no one to blame but you. You didn't set the boundary, whatever. But you see where I'm going with this? Like, call out what's happening and see what role you play in this. Because often we're always looking outside for who set us up or who let us down or um, how we got here or the kids didn't give me enough time. They're kids. They're always going to do something wrong. They're going to miss the bus. They're going to leave their shoes at home. Kind of plan ahead for that, you know? Um, that there's a few things that we can do, but that's number one is feel your feelings. And then number two is look in the mirror and see what role that you played in them. And then number three, I have so many other points is that now we can plan better moving forward. What can we do? Um, if this is something that is bound to happen, how can I be more prepared for this situation? If it's out of my control, it's someone else um, hurting me or being abusive in this relationship, whether it's a boss, a friend, whatever, um, God, I could do a whole other podcast on this, but you you can either accept it, um, you can adjust the situation, uh, you can alter it, or you can avoid it, but you got to choose something. You can't just keep going back into the situation, experiencing this very thing that is getting you down, and then not doing anything about it. If it's your finances, especially during this time right now, and you feel like, oh my gosh, here I am again. Um, instead of praying for more money, instead of trying to manifest more money and wondering why it's not coming, at this point, it's time for you to sit down and look in the mirror and be like, okay, we keep ending up in this situation. What can I do? What am I doing wrong? Or what am I missing? I've gotten the most breakthrough. Every time I was stuck in a job, I didn't want to be in uh, sales and serving. Guys, it took me 15 years to understand what God wanted me to learn from serving. It was gratitude. I'm so sad. It took me 15 years to understand gratitude and I'm still learning gratitude. But when you stop asking why me or what did I do wrong or even what am I doing wrong and start asking what am I supposed to learn from this? That dark cloud that was covering up your son moves and God is like, ah, she's finally aware that everything that happens in our life was meant to teach us something. So if you're stuck in neutral in a phase in your life, it's because you're not learning it. You haven't learned the lesson yet. You don't get to pass go. And so instead of looking at this as I'm the victim, everything wrong happens to me, like I did for years, God is mad at me, all the things that we can create in our head, ask what do you need to learn? And I promise you, once you are open, willing, and ready to receive that transmission from above about what it is that you need to do, everything will start falling into place for you. I experienced that. I So getting back to the Hilton story, I realized I wasn't going to make any sales and I was not getting commission, which means I was making um, in two weeks what I could easily make in one week serving. Um, and so I switched over to the the confirmation side, which is still pretty much uh, uh, commission, but I didn't have, you know, I didn't feel like I had to sell, sell, sell. I was just confirming the packages that other people are selling. And um, I remember one day my friend, my best friend, he lives in New York and he used to be a character at Halloween Horror Nights. So it used to be a tradition for us to always go to Halloween Horror Nights every year. He'd fly down and he got a room. We got a room at Cabana Bay at Universal. I was still working at Universal in Hilton at the time. And I remember just relaxing in the pool with him and just enjoying those two or three days that I took off to spend with my best friend. And it hit me. I was like, yo, I'm literally killing myself working this job at Hilton just so that I can show people and myself that I'm more than a waitress. I'm not making a lot of money. When I was waiting tables, I did make a lot of money, even though I was bad with my money and miserable. Bonnie, put your pride to the side. Go back full time to serving and just, you know, just, you know what? Maybe you didn't get to become a pastor. Maybe the, what you thought was supposed to happen didn't happen and that's okay. 
but there's no reason for you to be suffering like this for no reason just so you can show people you're not a waitress go back to your waitressing job and waitress the fuck out of that job and i did and from that moment on my life freaking changed when i left that weekend with my friend i went to hilton and i gave them my two weeks i was like i'm gonna go back to my job that i actually know what i'm doing and i went back in with a new energy that same girl that used to always be groping, like griping, depressed, crying in the middle of the floor some days, uh, not like on the floor, I meant like the floor of the restaurant. That's what we call the dining room. Um, just always having issues, always, always having issues, always getting the worst tables because I had a negative vibe and I kept attracting the worst people. And even if you're a, a high vibe person and you get negative people, uh, it doesn't affect you as much and it's not contagious, but I was a contagious negative ass Nancy bubble and I was ungrateful. When I went back into my job with gratitude, it was a whole new experience for me. All of a sudden, my managers were like, hey, Bonnie, you're a really hard worker. And I was like, yeah, I know. And they're like, how come we didn't notice that before? And I was like, I don't know. Probably because I was too busy complaining and avoiding you guys and trying to fly under the radar. From that day on, literally everything started to go into place. I was working out. I, I, I was getting more sleep. Uh, I, now that I'm grateful for my job because I saw like, yo, I can literally go into here and make two, three, four hundred dollars while I was struggling to do like, what are you doing? Girl, be grateful. And I started to appreciate this very thing that I had hated and was embarrassed of. I started to think, I was like, yo, this job gives me so many benefits. It hit me when I was in the, the pool at Cabana Bay. I was like, yo, I'm staying in this hotel that people spend like thousands of dollars to stay in with their families and I get it for 50 bucks a night. Yo, I get to go to the theme parks for free whenever I want. Yo, I get a lot of perks working for this company. Can you just be grateful for that? And I started to step into gratitude and things really started to change for me. My energy was higher. Uh, people wanted me as their server that I'd be walking around and like, hey, that's Smiley Girl, can we sit in her section? And as a result, after that, everyone that knows me that works at Universal, like everything just, my life just started to skyrocket on an upwards trend. I got named uh, Employee of the Month for my venue, the Bravo Award. I was in the, the company newsletter. I got a, my own parking spot. I got promoted to full-time benefits. I've never had a serving job that gives me benefits. I had insurance. I was able to go fix my tooth that was messed up for years. Um, I got insurance and I was able to go get my knee x-ray done. Uh, like just everything started to fall into place. And then I, you know, started doing my health coaching and my personal training and everything just went that way. And I attribute it because I started writing letters to myself during the downtime. We call this future self-pacing. I started writing letters to myself about the future me, the future that I wanted to experience. And I started to believe beyond the shadow of a doubt that one day the clouds would, would fade and that my life would get back on track. I started to believe that things were gonna get better and that this was not my only, like this wasn't it for me. I refused to accept that the misery that I was experiencing was all that God had for me. And once I could shift my perspective and start to see that, that. Now I have the energy. Now I have the, the emotional capacity to get up every day and to continue to fight versus focusing on where I'm at right now and how bad it is and how the hell can I get out of here, right? So to, to reel it in, and I'll fly through my, my actual points real quick on what I do is it had a lot to do with my ego, the good version, how I viewed myself. I started to view myself as someone that had a bigger purpose than the present pain that she was going through. 
I started to view myself as someone who was resilient and resourceful versus a victim and a weak girl who was waiting for God to save her, waiting for a man to save me. I stopped viewing myself as that and was like, hey, I can save myself. Hey, I can change my perspective. Hey, I can go learn a new skill. Yeah, I blew 50, 60, 70 grand on this degree, but I can also keep going and go get a certification and start coaching people. And that's what I did. I stopped viewing myself as a victim and started viewing myself as a victor. I stopped viewing myself as weak and started viewing myself as resilient and resourceful. And because I started to reinforce this new idea within my head repetitively, because you learn through repetition and you, or intensity, I started to repeat that I am this type of woman that gets up when she gets knocked down. And so now my perspective of myself has shifted and as a result, I was able to step into her and start making moves like her. So number one, the tip that I'm gonna give you for when the shit hits the fan is how do you view yourself? Do you, see, do you view yourself as someone that can overcome obstacles or do you view yourself as someone who life is just horrible and I'm, I'm powerless and nothing that I do works and nothing you do may not work. That's a double negative. It may not be working right now, but to anybody that is successful, things didn't work for them in the beginning. They kept trying. They kept going. They were resilient. Their eyes were focused on something bigger than the here and now. Number two, the things that helped me get through, my support team. One of the reasons why I was in such a dark place during 2016 and 17 is that I cut off my whole church family. I was so embarrassed that I didn't become the pastor that I said I was going to be that I couldn't even show my face at church after a while. It started because I was depressed and I was like, okay, I can't go to church this week and pray for people and be this woman of God because I don't have it in me. Like I'm, my emotional battery's on low. I'm giving up. I'm giving up. I can't go be that person today. And then it became, yeah, and I can't go to church on Sunday either. And yeah, I can't get out of bed. So eventually I was just like, I'm not going back. I'm a failure. I'm a joke. And so I, I, because I cut off my support system, I had no one to lean on. And so my support system ended up becoming my fitness coach at UFIT, the woman that like started all of this. I went in and she came, she, she reached out to me and she's like, hey girl, I see you have like, you paid for like a bunch of sessions that you didn't use. Why not? And it was because I was depressed and I didn't want to be in the gym. And I also didn't like the first two trainers that they put me with. So I just quit going until they quit working there. <laughs> so she saw me and she's like, you know what? We usually don't use sessions that are this old, but I'm going to reinstate your sessions. Train with me. And that was the beginning of the rest of my life. She pushed me. She challenged me. She was patient with me. She believed in me. And she was the one person that believed in me. And I didn't have belief in myself at the time, but I borrowed her belief in me. And eventually I started to create my own belief in myself again. So having a support system and having someone that believes in you. So if you ever had me reach out to you and you feel like I'm annoying or this girl will leave me alone, it's because I see something in you. It's because maybe I see a piece of what you're going through. Maybe God put you in my vision path. Like, hey, that girl needs to hear what you went through. That woman needs to hear what you went through. And so I'm not gonna push myself on anyone, but I am gonna let you know that he, hey, Hi, hello, um, I've been through something similar or I've had my story, maybe it'll help you. Because my hope is that I can be what Brenda was to me to any woman that needs that. Number three, the thing that kept me on track was my vision. Even though everybody and their brother I'm talking about in my church, I'm talking about out overseas when we'd be on missions trips, everywhere we'd go, people would just walk up to me. I'd have people come translate stuff to me. They're like, hey, you're going to have a huge congregation. God's hand is on your life. You're going to do this. So hearing this all throughout the years in church and then it not coming out that way, I'm like, so everyone lied? Everyone lied, God? <laughs> right? So 
I had this vision of me being at a pulpit and having a large congregation. And when I came back to the light again and stopped blaming God for everything, he's like, you think so small, Bonnie. He's like, you saw a vision. You heard someone say this over you. Nobody said it had to be in a church. Maybe your congregation, maybe the people I'm going to have you reach aren't in the walls of the church. And I need you to be okay with that. I needed you to separate from that so that you could understand that so that you didn't stay in your church and just stay at the position that you'd be in and not come out of your comfort zone. Did you ever think of that? I'm like, no, I did not. But thank you for your patience with me. I, I see now. And so my vision uh, is still the same, just the, the landscape's a little different. My vision was to serve. My vision was to, to call women and people out of the place that they were, whether it was darkness, whether it was depression, whether it was victim mentality, whatever it was. And because I was in church at the time, I assumed that meant be a pastor. So if I, the way that I talk, the way that I come with intensity and in, in, in my messages, it's literally because I, I had this, this, this burning desire to serve and help lift people up and call them to a higher level of living and call them to step into their power, the unlimited potential and power that is from above. And so, yeah, I get aggressive and I drop F-bombs and I get really like, girl, get off your ass and dude, stop making excuses because if no one tells you that, you'll stay where I was. If no one reminds you that, hey, you're viewing yourself like a weak little sheep right now. I need you to start viewing yourself like a lion. Hey, you feel so down and bad because your support team sucks. Hey, you don't have the energy. I don't have the energy. You don't have the motivation. You don't have the discipline to chase your dreams because you don't know what they are. You're not connected with them. That's why I do workshops about your mindset. That's why I do workshops about vision boards. In the Bible, it says, without a vision, the people will perish. I don't care if you believe in the Bible or not. I will always pull wisdom from the Bible, okay? Because wisdom is applicable across all areas of life. It doesn't matter. That's why I always talk about fitness and business and weave them together, because it's wisdom. But when you don't have a vision for your life, it's very hard to be motivated. If you don't have a vision for why you're working out, there's a, there's a reel that's going around right now. And it's like stress is what happens when you're working very hard for something you don't care about. And so if you're working out, killing yourself, starving yourself um, on this diet, doing 75 hard in the boot camp, and it's not tied to something that you actually give a fuck about, that's what's creating all the stress around your weight loss goals. For me, last year, me stressing out about hitting five-figure months in my business when, yeah, I'm in business to make money, but like I'm also in business to, to serve people. And when I lost sight of that and focused on someone else's goal, that's where the stress came in because Bonnie doesn't care. Bonnie wants to make enough to survive, put more into the business and bless and give and donate and build something bigger than herself. And so when this idea that I have to do this, that stressed me out and it burned me out. And some of you guys are pursuing things that you're not really attached to and that's why it hurts. That's why you're so stressed out. You have to create your own vision. And maybe you had a vision for your life, but the world told you it was stupid. The world told you, oh, you won't make money doing that. The world told you, oh, you weren't smart enough to do that. You aren't skilled enough. You don't have the experience to do that. And instead of viewing yourself as resilient and resourceful and capable of achieving anything that you can conceive, you started to see yourself as this little weak individual who doesn't have the resources, who doesn't have the energy, who doesn't have the potential to do the things that they desire. I'm here to remind you and I'm here to tell you that you do. I'm here to tell you and I'm here to remind you that it starts with how you view yourself. It starts with you having a support team for those days when you don't feel like showing up for yourself. Are those days when you feel like you don't have anything left to give? And it also starts with you having a vision for where you actually want to go. And when you can get crystal clear about that, this is the woman, this is the man that I'm working to be, this is who I want to be. When you can get crystal clear on that, 
That, that's what manifesting is. Getting crystal clear about the vision. Taking messy action and surrounding yourself around people who can help support you. And then viewing yourself as a woman or a man that is capable of attaining that vision. That's all manifesting is. There's some other cool tips and tricks and things that you can do. But if you got anything from this today, if you're going through it, if the shit has hit the fan in your life, especially financially, stop trying to pray for money. Stop trying to pray. Stop trying to manifest money because you won't get it. You need to manifest or ask God, ask the universe to reveal to you what it is that you need to learn so that you can move on to the next level. Because until then, someone can bless you with money, someone can pay your rent this month, and then you'll be back in the same situation in no time. Someone can come remove or uh, fix the situation, the current situation, but the situation is only a product of you. The situation is only a product of the way that you perceive yourself in life, and that's why you keep going about things and ending up in the same place. I'm not trying to make you feel bad. I'm trying to illuminate to you why life has been so hard. There are things that we are just completely unaware of. I'm unaware of so many things. That's why I always have a mentor. I always have someone over me to call me on my shit that I can't see. Because being in leadership, it's not that you think that you're perfect, but you start to view yourself as someone who is a leader. And, and sometimes that creates a blind eye. Like I can't see like the, the, my shadow, you know, I can't see what I'm doing wrong. And so it's so beneficial to have a coach, a mentor, a support team to keep you in line. But when we shy away from those things, we're also shying away from the next step, the next level, the lesson that is meant to break us free and set us free. So guys, that is it for today. I hope that you got insane value from this. If you did, I would love it if you would drop your key takeaways in the comments or drop some fire emojis. Let me know I'm not just talking to myself here. Make sure that you share this with a friend. If you're listening on iTunes or on Spotify, screenshot this and tag me in your story at Coach Bonds. If you're watching on Instagram or Facebook, again, please share this with someone who would get some value from this. Share this with someone who needs to hear this message. And as always, guys, I love you and I believe in you. Now go get your life. Eh, we out.